1: 104's Room 104
0: podcast with Cormac Moore and Sir Shalong.
1: It's Room one Four. it's Cormac and Saoirse here, and the question now, do you often find yourself wanting things you can't have?
2: Always. Every single day of my life. Anything that is easy for me, I never want it. What do you mean? So if I want to, um, say if there's a bar of chocolate in front of me, <laughs> a Reese's <laughs> cup, like I've loads of them at home for some yeah, reason, yeah. I don't want them. I want a galaxy, so I will drive to the shop and buy the galaxy.
1: Do you ever find yourself not only doing that with food, food, but with maybe humans? Uh Yeah. Or would you be the stereotypical you know there's that stereotype or you know that, that thing that says girls want guys they can't have and there's some girls who like let's say married men cuz they're unattainable <laughs> yes. and they want uh, they want to be a home wrecker and, yeah. and destroy the home no but you know like you'd often hear those stories of as soon as there's a wedding ring on his finger getting tons and tons of attention more than he's ever gotten before yeah, is this true or is this a stereotype?
2: Now I do know a girl very close to me actually who is very attracted to married men. Now has never gone there.
1: But would she? Maybe she just hasn't told you. Yeah,
2: I don't know. I've <clears throat> I've warned her a million times because I can't stand people like her.
1: Homewreckers. Yeah,
2: she is a homewrecker. <laughs> but her her, her whole th- her whole thing is that she loves to see from the outside a solid family unit. Mm-hmm. You know, a man who can provide for his wife and then mm-hmm. is really good with his kids, and that's what she's. Attracted attracted to but I'm like you can get a man that's single and then marry him and then have that yourself but it's yeah it's what she she, can't have she wants to hear
1: one that was made earlier exactly and and she would just like to take that Uh, let us know are you the type of either guy or girl if you're listening right now that just seems to be attracted to a married person someone who's off limits maybe you're in love with your best friend's girlfriend right (laughs) just because she can't have her has that ever happened to you Uh, no I don't think so
2: because I know a lot of guys who have been very much attracted to to their friends girlfriends
1: yeah it happens yeah it's happened within my group of friends yeah it leads to very awkward situations and punch-ups uh, a lot of times, especially <laughs> when you're, you're quite young. And um, to talk a little bit more about the psychology behind why you want what you can't have, why you might be attracted to people you know morally and ethically and reasonably that you shouldn't be attracted to them, is licensed counsellor and professor at Northern Illinois University is Suzanne deggs Suzanne, how are you?
0: I am doing very well. Thank you so much for having me as a guest.
1: Uh, no worries at all. We like to bring people on who can try and sort out our own lives and our messy heads. So this is, uh, <laughs> this is a pleasure.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
2: So tell us, why do we like men? that we can't have?
0: Because it's safe in some ways and because we can't have them in others. It's a, The human brain is a funny thing. Number one, yeah, sexual attraction and desire, they're natural instincts. So we're not able really to turn them on and turn them off until we really put our mind to it. And so we might find someone attractive just because they are attractive. But it's when our mind, when we tell ourselves we can't have that person that our brain starts remembering that's the person we can't have. And the more we think about not being able to have them, the more our brain wants them.
2: Well, do you know what's really interesting? When it comes to what I like, it's usually somebody that's not very needy and mm-hmm. somebody that's not contacting you all the time. That's quite distant, you know, because I'd be a <laughs> yeah. bit like that, but that's what I'm attracted to. So yeah. I'd be more likely to stay with someone if they're not clingy. Do you know what I mean? If they're not clingy now,
0: are you clingy? No. <laughs> No, so you want people that are more like you. So a lot of times we'll want someone who is like us, who has qualities that we really admire in other people and maybe don't have so much of ourselves. So it's kind of the opposites attract or else. When it comes to wanting someone that doesn't want you, it means you value independence and you need to find someone who lets you be who you want to be.
2: That makes sense to me, no. yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's a big, big opening. You'd be very independent, sir. You don't care what anyone else thinks no. or does.
0: No. <clears throat> no, not at all, not at all. <laughs>
1: So it's interesting. So are you saying then that being um, attracted to somebody else, even if they're unattainable or even if you're in a relationship yourself is perfectly natural and normal?
0: Enough, our bodies are going to react to attractive stimuli. You see a painting you think is beautiful, you stop and you admire. You see a person that you think is sexy and you really feel their sexiness. It's not thinking, oh, this person is sexy. You might think, oh, this person's good looking. But when you're sexually attracted, it's your body saying this person's attractive. And it may be for a million different reasons. We don't know why, you know, you might find someone attractive that your best friends think, oh my goodness, what are you doing, Cormac? Where um, it's, it's a very individual thing. And once we feel it, we can tell ourselves, "Hey, we can't act on that," or else we can say, "This is this is exciting. I want to pursue this person."
2: It's funny. I went out with an actor for a few years, and he was on a TV show here in Ireland. And during that time, he was on the TV show. He got a huge amount of handwritten letters and really? like a huge amount of attention. And it wasn't because he's this fantastically good-looking guy. It was because I think they thought he's unobtainable. He's on screen. I'll never be able to to get with him. The, kind of thing.
0: Yeah he's safe I can tell I can write anything I want to him because chances are he'll never act on it and I'll never be embarrassed for having these feelings either because there's a safety because a lot of us risk don't want to risk putting our hearts out there for someone that we think is unattainable for someone to, to hurt our feelings so we, we protect ourselves
1: it explains why I've gotten so much fan mail over the last sacks of fan mail outside <laughs> I haven't been able to get through and now I feel a little bit less pressurized to respond because I know they they, they don't really expect or want a response? No. So there we go. I but <laughs> can't
2: you can say just the, same. Bask in the joy. Yeah. He. I think he's exaggerating. <clears throat> I'll here.
1: recycle them. I'll recycle them. I'll do my bit for the planet and recycle all the. Uh, the, the one that you letters. got from. My, my mom. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, okay. So what can you do then if you are? I don't know, let's say you're in a work environment and you're finding yourself insanely attracted to, as you said, not deliberately going out of your way, but, you know, you're feeling that feeling in your stomach and you're getting mm. all turned on and aroused by this person that you work yeah. with. And, you know, they're in a relationship and you're in a very loving relationship. How do you how do you manage that?
0: You need to be clear with yourself and remind yourself that this is not okay. And, you know, it, work relationships are funny because we talk about work spouses, work husbands, work wives, because a lot of times, you know, these mixed gender pairs... Do become kind of a team at work, but you really do have to remind yourself that your your loyalty or your faithfulness belongs to your significant other. And so, some of us have to limit time when you know when we're around someone, or we have to kind you know in old cognitive behavioral therapy, you wear a rubber band around your wrist and snap it every time you have a thought you're trying to stop. So there are things you know when you know when you're going to get an extra cup of coffee because you'll pass by your desk, things like that. You have to tell yourself you can't do that. So it takes that mind over matter. And sometimes the longer we're around someone we think is sexy and see them in you know kind of real life their their charm starts to evaporate and novelty wears off and suddenly it's just that jerk you work with <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah,
2: that, that, that's the thing i remember working in a company where i was very much attracted to this guy who had a long-term girlfriend was it f104 no there was nothing going on there was no flirting or anything like that i just really liked everything about him but I nearly had him on a pedestal and I was going out with someone at the time but I had him on this pedestal thinking that I love everything about this guy and you, you kind of falsely think he's perfect and he couldn't right. possibly be leaving his smelly socks on the floor at home and you know doing never, what my boyfriend never, never was doing at the time in the seat uh, yeah. and just ruining your life So yeah. you do tend to have this false idea
0: we do because when we fall in that crazy mad crush love whatever puppy love we're what we see when we look at that person is that image of perfection that's up above their head and they can't attain it we can't attain it but that's why love is blind because we imagine this person to be everything we've ever wanted and it's when you get to know someone you realize oh you know they've got feet of clay just like me and sometimes once that you know gold wears off you don't like what you're stuck with
2: no once they live with you you're like no (laughs) no they're all the same (laughs) yeah because
0: yeah and that's the thing we're all the same and we all have the same kind of feelings and we all appreciate beauty but everyone that we attract that attracts me is not going to attract other people which makes it easier to find perfect partners in this world because luckily we're not all drawn to the exact same type
1: yeah so if you have a habit of going after, let's say, the wrong type, the, the bad boy, the somebody who's going to cause you more heartache than good, yeah. like like, let's say, because I'm actually in the middle of trying to find serious somebody on Tinder I'm yeah. managing her <laughs> Tinder profile <laughs> at the moment and uh, unfortunately, trying to get her a date for Valentine's Day and particularly because of what you just said, to give her her own significant other so she'll stop bringing me for coffees every evening at 6 <laughs> there o'clock. Go, nine, there so go, like, yeah. I just need to uh, offload protection. her I just need to offload her so the work relationship doesn't become too complicated. <laughs> there we go so wh- why do why do some people kind of keep going for a uh, a partner like a dysfunctional relationship or a dysfunctional partner <laughs>
0: familiar. You know, you hear a lot about kids who grow up in dysfunctional homes, and instead of finding a peaceable companion where everything is Sunday papers and crossword puzzles and coffee and tea, they miss, for whatever reason, what's comfortable to us becomes the drama that comes with dysfunction, the drama that comes with a broken heart. And when we're in that familiar space, we really feel good there. And even though we might feel better overall in a more healthy relationship, we all want what's comfortable. And that's kind of our downfall sometimes that we go after the person that's gonna break our heart because we know what it feels like to have a broken heart and that's become comfortable and familiar for us.
1: And you love the nights with the girl I was over talking and yeah. you're the center of attention and you're like he is a <laughs> bastard. You're like, I know, yeah, I know you can absolutely. do better. Yeah, love it. Yeah love yeah, it, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely. And you know women do you know we do we ruminate and we want to get together and we want to yeah. bash the bad boy. But you know what we're still seeing the bad boy the next week and we'll still we'll go home to the bad boy because <laughs> because our it feels good it feels good
1: and you know it's, I mean, it's a great way to schedule in another night with the girls because you know in a most you time and, uh, yeah. you'll have another fight and you'll be able to all just meet up again and go okay well here we go
0: here we go again and everyone plays their role and we all <laughs> kind of fall into that and we all kind of enjoy when our when a friend is going through heartbreak and misery because yeah. it kind of normalizes our own and makes our life look not as bad as it could be
1: <laughs> Like I have been mm-hmm. to seven of Saoirse's nights when she's needed her friends around <laughs> to talk about you know, a, he's such a <laughs> a-hole I'm like, yeah, I know. better we burn his pictures exactly. We we have we've done a all that little ceremony, thrown everything outside the door. There we go. But there
2: I have,
0: and she, and she opens it up and packs and puts his clothes back in the drawers.
2: Do you know what's the weirdest thing? I, I have a very strange history, obviously, terrible relationships. And my mother will vouch for that. She wants to pick a partner for me. She's happy that you're doing it. Thank you very much because I always end up obviously with the wrong person, but I always end up breaking their heart in the end. There you go, because
0: you don't want to have your heart broken, so you get out first.
2: Yeah, possibly, yeah. It
0: but could be, could be. It's a very protective manoeuvre to break another person's heart because it leaves you not vulnerable
2: to having your heart broken. Go, a good
1: defence starts with a good offence. Yeah. yeah,
0: absolutely,
2: absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny how you just, like you said, you tend to go for the same traits. Like my mom always says, why don't you just go out with somebody who just works nine to five, <laughs> that does not have any baggage, that's just clean slate, Nice guy.
0: There you go. There's your type and there's your heartbreak and it's all rolled into one and you know <laughs> what you'll get and that's become comfortable. <laughs> the human mind is a crazy thing.
2: It is quite crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like, to me, that yeah. that's boring. To have no drama and no, you know, what, what we just right. meet up every no, weekend? No fireworks. And have fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah, have dinner every night and sit by the fire. Yeah, that's no fun yet. Because we do change and our needs change and companionship starts to matter more than the fireworks the, more, the older we get and the more closer we get to midlife, the more we suddenly realize that the drama wears us out and we don't have as much energy to do the things we want to do because we're so busy engaging in this emotional warfare. I'm yeah, I mean, way off that midlife. No, I
1: mean, you're, you're hitting 50 now, Sue, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I imagine yeah. that's why... Uh... Suzanne,
0: I'm 31. Yeah, de- <laughs> yeah, got a couple of decades left yeah. before, yeah, that sets in for
1: uh, sure. A few decades of carnage. Is there ever a justifiable reason to maybe, I'm trying to think, in a work environment where two people wind up leaving their significant others and having a relationship together that kind of works out, is yeah. there ever, I don't want to, yeah, is there ever a, a good time, like, have you ever worked with someone and said, maybe you should leave your wife and go with the person you're sleeping with in, in, in work, you know?
0: Yeah, but, you know, it all, dep- it depends, it just depends. You can't predict anyone's happiness and how many couples do you know have been together forever and you think how did they ever get together how do they stay together but when it comes to you know faithfulness and, and loyalty and bonds you know that's something you've got to think about the fallout the collateral damage because when you are in a, a monogamous relationship whether it's legal marriage or a long-term commitment there's going to be fallout and at work when you end up with a coworker, you know sometimes supervisors coworkers, they're going to give you a hard time and, they're gonna, and it's going to make things awkward, as well as what damage are you going to do to your significant other or children or mutual friends. So when you decide, you know, you're going to go after something that seems good at the moment, make sure you're prepared to deal with all the fallout that can come. There's a lot of collateral damage in relationships that fall apart when they've been long term and monogamous.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm safe. I don't know yeah. about you. Sure words have never been spoken.
2: <laughs> Suzanne.
1: Uh, so, you know, if you're in the middle of a work affair, just understand that. OK, I um, know too many people who've kind of gotten involved with that. And
0: well. don't risk your job. Don't risk your job for love if it's a job
2: you love.
1: <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Listen, yeah. Suzanne, thanks a million for that. We appreciate you coming on and talking about talking through all those things with us. Is there somebody or is there somewhere uh, online? Where's the best place to follow you and check out your work?
0: Probably Psychology Today, Lifetime Connections blog.
1: Lovely. Suzanne Deggs White, yeah. thanks a million for popping on. It's been fascinating. We'll chat you again.
0: Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great evening.